Before my flight, I asked myself if I did the right thing. I had heard news about people like me getting abused. From Galdem, this is Our Places Here, a collection of personal essays written and spoken by migrant domestic workers living in the UK. Developed by the Filipino Domestic Workers Association, Canlangan Filipino Consortium, the Voice of Domestic Workers, and Kalayan, this campaign puts the rights of migrant domestic workers at the forefront. In April 2012, Theresa May revoked the Overseas Domestic Workers Visa concession, removing hard-won rights for domestic workers. In the decade since, migrant domestic workers have been made incredibly vulnerable to exploitation and abuse because of the visa change. But migrant domestic workers have continued to build communities of support and resistance despite government policy. These are their stories in English and Filipino, written in their words and spoken by their voices. In this episode, we're hearing from Annalisa, a member of the Filipino Domestic Workers Association, who moved for work from the Philippines to Qatar, then to London, in order to work and financially support her family back home. Annalisa's personal essay, Human Again, How I Found My Voice After Escaping an Abusive Employer, follows her experience of finding agency and freedom after working for abusive employers for two years. Content warning, this essay contains sensitive topics, including mentions of emotional and physical abuse. How I found my voice after escaping an abusive employer. Poverty forced me to leave my family and work abroad. Are you sure about this? My husband Leo asked gently. I should be the one who should leave, not you. It's just going to be for two years, and I will go home. Once we have paid all our debts, I replied. Leo took me to the bus stop. You can go home now. I will be boarding the bus in a little while. I bid him goodbye. Please take good care of our kids. If they ask for me, you know what to tell them. My tears started to fall as I let go of his hands. He turned his back on me, slumped and sad. Before my plight, I asked myself if I did the right thing. I had heard news about people like me getting abused, raped, and some even ended up dead because of their employers. But I still choose to take the risk. It was 11 p.m. when I got to my employer's house in Qatar. Put down your stop and pick up all the trash scattered on the floor, shouted a big woman. I fearfully followed her instructions. Another lady who was quietly ironing clothes approached me and led me to the small room. I felt tired, sad, and frightened. I was afraid of my employer because instead of letting me rest first, she loudly ordered me around. I had no bed, so I lay down on the floor with a towel 
that I brought from the Philippines to cushion my back from the cold cement. I had no blankets nor pillows, so I wore layers and layers of clothes to shield me from the cold. I thought of my kids going to school. I knew they would look for me. I was sure my youngest daughter, who could not sleep without me beside her, would be crying. I also thought of where I was that time and how heavy I felt about my circumstance. Why did they have to make me sleep on the floor? I fell asleep, weeping. Dab! I was awakened by a loud kick from the door outside. Hurry up! Wake up the three boys! They need to eat! shouted my employer. I was not expecting this kind of work. From the contract I signed, I had been told that I would be working for a family with only one child. But the household had eight kids. I asked for help from my agency multiple times, but they never provided any. I also begged my employers to let me go home, but they demanded that I pay them 10,000 katarials, the amount that they said they shielded out to bring me in from the Philippines. They said they would call the police if I didn't pay. I had no choice but to endure the inhumane treatment of my employers along with a very heavy workload. We moved to London after a year in 2017. I did not want to go with them because I knew my life would be a living hell. I was the only domestic worker that they planned to take with them, and that was exactly what happened. Lazy, stupid, an animal, my employer shouted angrily slapping and kicking me several times. She was upset that I couldn't clean the house when my priority was taking care of the two-year-old twins and her four-year-old girl. This is too much, I cried. I could endure verbal and emotional abuse, but not physical abuse. The moment I get the chance, I will leave this place, I whispered to myself. I called the Philippine Embassy in London, seeking help, but the only thing they could do was repatriate me. I was not ready to go home. I still had our debts to pay, and no work there could sufficiently support my family. And so, I decided to endure the hell that I was in. At least, I could still send money back home. One day, I was able to talk to a couple who lived nearby. They said that they pitied me because they noticed how I was being badly treated. Open times, I had nothing to eat, leaving me with no choice but to steal food from my employers to satisfy my hunger. I did not have money to buy food because my entire salary was sent back home. I was not also allowed to leave the house unless I was accompanied by my employers or the kids and they held my passport. That's how they controlled me. To be honest, I really want to escape, I told the couple. But I do not know where to go. I do not know anyone here in London. Oh, really? You are welcome to come to our house if you decide to leave them. My neighbor assured me, and so I had shimmer hope at last. But then we moved to a different plot and my communication with the couple 
who wanted to take me in, was cut off. One morning, while my employers were sleeping, I left the house with nothing but two black bean bags containing my clothes. My knees were shaking as I walked away. I got in a taxi and asked to be taken to the only place I knew, Tesco's. I contacted my former neighbors and they got me there. Nevertheless, after two months of living with them, I started to see the couple's true colors. They asked me to work 12-hour days for six days a week, and they only paid me 330 pounds each month. Often, the wife would get mad at me for reasons I could not understand. Again, I googled for help. Searching for different Filipino community organizations in London. I came across the website for St. John's Church in Notting Hill that instantly stood out to me when I saw that church held Mass in Tagalog every Sunday afternoon. With that in mind, I decided to visit one afternoon with the hopes of finding someone I could talk to and confide in about the situation I found myself trapped in. At the church, the priest assured me while tapping my shoulder. Do not be afraid. You are safe now. You are in good hands now. The Filipino Domestic Workers Association is here. They help abused domestic workers like you. Three women and a man approached me. Don't be afraid. Don't cry. We are here to help you. No one can abuse you again, the man said. We will refer you to Kalayaan, a charity that helps migrant domestic workers who will support you, said a woman as the two of them almost shed tears as I recounted my experience. I didn't even know what they called Kalayaan, but I felt like I had just been released from prison. I began to feel secure and the fears in my mind started to disappear. While I was still at the church, I heard my phone ring. Hello? Why aren't you home yet? It's 7 p.m. already. He's the wife on the call. Don't you dare come back here after what you've done. I got worried. Where could I go? I asked. Don't fret. If you have nowhere to stay for the night, you can stay with us, said one of the women called Sheila. I stayed at Sheila's house where there are three other women who also escaped their employers. Sheila is a member of FDWA. There were people who came to the house who gave me water, food, personal stuff, and clothes. Each of them hugged me, and I felt so safe again. I finally felt like I was being treated as a human again, after two years of inhumanity. On next week's episode, we'll be hearing from Grace, who reflects on her memories of home as she navigates a new environment in London. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the Our Places Here campaign. On our website, galdem.com, that's G-A-L-D-E-M.com, you can read the essays and find out what you can do to support the campaign. 
This episode was created in partnership with the Our Places Here campaign. Our Places Here was produced by Iwan Obinyan with production and sound design by II Studios. The executive producers for Galdem were Su Yin Haynes, Cece Peng, and Katie Go. The executive producer for the Our Places Here campaign was Francesca Humi. Supported by the Filipino Domestic Workers Association, Kanlangan, and the Voice of Domestic Workers. With graphics produced by Karis Peer and artwork produced by Khadija Saeed. <laughs>